Thank you for joining us for Light on the Path, an ongoing conversation designed to encourage you from the Word of God as you walk with Him. Please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd also love to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Be sure to see the show notes for more information and connect with us online at eastsidethomasville.org. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Good morning, friends. It's August 14th, and we are excited to be coming to you again today. Uh, Looking forward to having a conversation around the idea of honesty within the body of Christ, within our walk with God. And so looking forward to seeing where God leads us as we talk this morning, as we begin a busy week. Uh, This week, I will be headed north to Lynchburg, Virginia, Liberty University, to drop off our third son, Brandon. Actually, he's our second son. He's our third child. (laughs) Dropping him off at school, so it's going to be a, uh, a, a tough week in the Warren household. I know my wife is not excited about this, uh, this adventure that Brandon's embarking on, but we're looking forward to seeing what God does through that. appreciate your prayers as we travel. Joined today hey, by hey, Pastor... Hey, at least he's not going to Togo. This is true. Yes, we... Uh, <laughs> at least it's within the continental United States. That's a beautiful thing. So <laughs> a 10-hour drive is a whole lot better than... Uh, than I don't Across even know the what the ocean. process yeah. is to get a, to Togo. <laughs> So we are grateful for, uh, for FaceTime and for technology because that will keep us connected somewhat. So um, that voice you hear on the other, the other mic is Pastor Sean Jacobs. Glad to have him joining with us today. Amen. I'm Pastor Sean. I'm the lead pastor here at Eastside Baptist Church. Grateful to be with you all on this Monday morning. Uh, fall time is coming. I uh, know around us school has uh, getting back into session here and a lot of things happening then in the youth group and fall activities and we personally we're really looking forward to some uh, moving forward and growing even more as a church and as leadership in our own fellowship here just really um, encouraged by what God is doing. Absolutely one of those things that I think uh, one of those areas of growth that we've been working on is kind of the topic that we're studying today the idea of honesty with God in our walk with God and honesty with each other as we walk together in fellowship and uh, it's interesting this is, this is one of the key components, one of the components that God lists out um, that a church, a, a, a fellowship of believers is supposed to engage in. The idea of brothers and sisters in Christ confessing faults one to another um, for the purpose of praying one for another, ultimately that we become, become more like Christ. Uh, the idea of open and honest confession with God about our sin is, is one of the key components of the Christian walk. And yet it's one of those areas probably that um, we struggle with the most and and it's it's probably in somewhat some ways a cultural issue we are uh we we don't like to to reveal weaknesses um here in the south we we believe that we can accomplish anything we put our minds to it's kind of that that sure that mentality of self-reliance and uh and and that pride and pride and pride oh absolutely (laughs) and pride yes that bleeds over into our christian walk and it and it um prevents us from from accessing one of the things that God has laid out as a, as a tool, as a, as a resource to help us in our growth. And so um, speaking from my personal experience, in my, in my, my background, uh, I grew up in a church that did not encourage honesty. As a matter of fact, and maybe never verbally, um, but the idea of confessing sins one to another, 
um, was was not something that was was encouraged, um, and, and in some ways was even uh, discouraged because it created confusion. It creates a mess uh, within within the body of Christ as as we as we open ourselves up and we show who we are. And so uh, it's such an interesting thing that this is one of the key components that God lays out for us. Sure, and he, even you know we grew both of us grew up in independent Baptist circles and. There's many good things about why this whole movement started and really at the core and root of all of it to really stand on the word of God. And, but at the point that we were injected into it, you know, you being down here in Florida, me being on, in Washington State, um, with me, the dishonesty that I saw was not as in people were lying, but they were mm. pretending. Yeah. Um, almost without fail, every single one of my friends, they would come to church and they would they would know what to say, know how to dress, know how to act, and then I knew exactly what they were doing during the week. They'd brag about it behind closed doors. And, and uh, to me, as a young person, I accepted that as a way of life, and I think that's one of the most damaging ideas of dishonesty within the church because our young people, they don't even know what they're viewing. They're, they're being molded and they're interpreting life according to what they see in us adults and what's going on around you. And it's not that they see bad things so they think they want to be bad. It's that they see the bad things and what's really going on. And we as adults are not saying anything against it. Mm. We're preaching it from the pulpit, but then we're allowing it to go on during the week without even a raised eyebrow as if we're creating this view. And and it was created in me of church is something we do at church. Mm. And yeah, you should be good the rest of the time, but. Christianity is really more of a form, even though they would have never said that. That was the interpretation that was filtered through a young man's mind. Isn't that an interesting thing? I, I think there's a part of that that was built up as protectionism. They wanted the yeah. church to, to reflect the purity True. of God, and yep. so I think there was a there was a, a, a good purpose behind that. But it's such a a counter. Um, it, pro, it it produces the wrong results. In that, uh, I think even our, our young people, if we're not honest in our and we'll get into, we'll, we'll, we'll be looking at Genesis chapter three today and, and Psalm chapter 32. But, um, if we're not honest in, in our struggles and our, in our difficulties in our Christian walk, um, we project an image that a uh, perfection that our, that our children can't live up to. And so as they start to experience the same struggles that we're walking through, um, and they've not heard from our mouths as parents or as leaders in the church or as teachers that, that we're struggling with that, they start to wonder what's wrong with my Christianity. Maybe I didn't get it right. Maybe it doesn't work for me because, you know, Pastor Bill or Pastor Sean or my mom and my dad never struggled with this. Um, and the reality is we did. Yeah. We just weren't honest in that, in, that, in that struggle. And it doesn't help us either. I really, no. we're, we're damaging ourselves because there's not one of us that can ever accurately portray that mm. image. We're being dishonest. And we've almost accepted that culture of dishonesty as, well, this is just the way it is. And we may even think, like, I mean, like I have, like, it can't be this way. It, it should not be this way. But you almost feel helpless. It's like, how do I get out of this? Hmm. I mean, how do I come as a pastor? How do I come as a pastor before my people and let them know that I'm struggling, knowing that a majority of them will look at me and not want to listen to what I'm saying now? Hmm. And to take that mantle and that responsibility, I mean, I deal with that all the time. I was telling my fellowship group on Wednesday about that that that's the mantle that I wear as a pastor. And, and I, this is, you know, we, we put our pastors on such high pedestals. And yes, we are to be the leaders and examples. And we are to have a certain amount of the Christian life down so that we can lead others. But we still have struggles. 
and we ought to be able to create an environment in our churches where we can admit those things because even as a pastor, I need the help of the congregation. I can never and never will get to the point to where I can be a lone bastion up there by myself, doing what's always right, unaccountable, un, un, not needing anybody's criticism or truth, truth-speaking love into my life. I, I should never get to that point. So let's just go ahead and reveal the man behind the curtain, right? That we'll just we'll peel it back and just say, Pastor yeah. Sean and Amen. Pastor Bill are both sinners, and we both struggle Amen. with the, with 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 the pride and the in the the sin nature that we've inherited from Adam and Eve, and so we make choices that that align with that old sin nature, and so we um, we just go ahead and get that out in the open as we start this conversation. It is interesting to me. In James, um, which we looked at last week in our podcast, James chapter 4, we're moving now to James chapter 5. We have this command of confessing your faults one to another uh, and pray one for another. And so Amen. Uh, James says, hey, look, as you, want to, as you deal with sin, James chapter um, 5 verse 15 says, if you've committed sins, they'll be forgiven you. And then he says, in reference to those sins, confess those sins. Confess your faults one to another. And the, the truth is, me confessing my faults to my fellowship group doesn't provide redemption or restoration in that act but what it does is it provides openness and honesty and it says here's the end result confess your faults one to another that you can pray one for another and as a result of that you will be healed there's a there's a a, a unity that comes with openness and honesty yeah. and so we're not celebrating sin in our a honesty rest, a restoration exactly yeah. restoration and 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 a, and a a a friend an ally in the process of restoration accountability and so it's a beautiful part of what god designed the church to be and, and so as we, as we, uh, as a, as a fellowship here at East side, as we're trying to, to look at biblically what the church is called to be and what we're called to do, this is one of those key components, providing an opportunity for fellowship that allows an honesty and an openness. And so if you're not plugged into one of our small groups, uh, Sunday morning, we have our life groups, uh, Wednesday nights, we have fellowship groups, and those are great, um, vehicles for this type of fellowship that allows for openness and honesty. Amen. Amen. So looking back biblically this idea of 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 hiding our sin from from an all-knowing god is not new to us it's not new to our generation uh as a matter of fact it goes back to uh the first man and woman in their first sin in genesis chapter 3 um we have the consequences of their sin in verse 7 it says in the eyes of the of them both were opened and they knew they were naked and so they tried to cover that they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves aprons and then they heard the voice of God, the voice of the Lord God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And this is the exact opposite of what God calls us to in this call to honesty, this call to open confession of our sin. Uh, sometimes, maybe I buy into the, the idea that if I can hide my sin from God, my sin will impact my, sin will impact my relationship with God. But when we speak truth to ourselves, we recognize that we serve an all-knowing God. Even in this case, Adam and Eve's attempt to hide from God actually creates the separation. God's there for relationship. God's there for fellowship. And because of unconfessed sin that they're trying to hide, they run and separate themselves from God. And so this is not new to, um, to us. It's not new to our generation. It's not new to our culture. Uh, so what is the end result of us attempting to take our sin and cover it and hide it what 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 happens to our walk i think we see a classic example of that throughout the psalms david was very expressive 
uh, and very open and very honest in his prayers to God. And in Psalm chapter 32, he lays out, he kind of describes the end result of, of covered sin. It says, or uh, of hidden sin. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and whose spirit there is no guile. So David says, open, to open, here's the end result of confession. Here's the, here's the end result of an open conversation about God, uh, about our sin with God. Amen. God forgives it. He covers the sin. He imputes righteousness. And, and there's no guile in the spirit of, the, of, the, of that man. But here's what happens when we don't confess that sin. Verse 3, he says, when I kept silence, when I hid my sin, when I didn't communicate my sin to God, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My moisture turned to the drought of summer, Selah. That, that tendency to hide sin does a couple of things. It, it, it creates a physical weight, a physical burden. He talks about the idea of this God's hand being heavy upon him, the idea of the conviction of God being heavy on us. As we take on the burden of sin that we were never designed to carry, God, through his grace and goodness provided a, a an escape for that sin for the weight of that sin through the cross and through our relationship with him as we try to bear that weight we feel it there's a heaviness to it there's a, it, a physical impact even he talks about his bones waxing old yeah you know I, both our passages tie into that as we're talking about our relationship with god and being honest with god i think that's the first step and it's supposed to down the road um continue in our lives and that you know, if we're honest with God, then we can be honest with each other. We can be honest with ourselves. We can be honest with each other. And that should be a life of, of honesty in all our relationships. But <clears throat> I, I think exactly what you're saying. God is the one in his goodness that calls us to that honesty. I mean, I see there in the garden, he, he says, uh, it says in verse 9, The Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? Well, we know God knew exactly where he was. So what was he doing there? God just like he calls us to repentance, just like he calls us to acknowledge our sin, he is calling Adam to admit what mm -hmm. is going on. He, he looks at Adam and for Adam's own good, asks him to, to confess. Mm -hmm. God already knew what he did. God already knew where he was. He didn't need to know that for his own information. Adam needed that. And isn't that so like the mm -hmm. Lord? I mean, out of all the gods we hear through mythology and false religion, you know, I mean, there's some of them have some good characteristics, but at the core, they're all selfish, mm. but not our God. If any of them deserved, had the power and authority to be selfish, it would be ours. Uh, you know, he is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. Yet he is the one that humbles himself, just like he did in Philippians 2, mm. humbles himself for our benefit. I mean, and oh. somehow we still think we can't be honest with him. That is amazing. He lives out this picture of humility uh, as he humbles himself and takes on the form of man uh, and, and calls us. And that's the interesting thing, too. So much of Christian living, um, if we're not careful, it becomes this idea of, um, of rules to obey to, to prove our worthiness to God. But the reality is God, what God asks us to do is not, out of, it's not a vindictive, it's not, it's not manipulative, it's look like me and that's Jesus humbled himself and so he calls us into a life of humility I mean even even with when we're talking about honesty with God even with that idea that probably most of us if we're honest with ourselves we have a hard time coming to God when we're upset hmm. we have a hard time coming to God when we're really bothered about something and I mean are hmm. we really 
Are we really saying that we never have issues with anything God's ever said? We never get upset at anything God wants us to do or, the, or a situation that comes into our lives. And, but why do we feel like we can't be honest with him about that? Somehow we feel like we have to put on this face, mm-hmm. even with him. And it's so counterintuitive. It's, it's really just pride. It's the blindness of pride, right? Where we feel like it's almost as if we feel like he doesn't know already. He does know. And in his grace and goodness, he wants us to bring that to him. He wants us, you know, David said there in Psalm 32, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. What a picture of the turmoil that he was under. And he finally, in verse 5, I acknowledged my sin. I acknowledged. Oh, and, and he says at the end of that verse, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Well, Duh. You know, you had to, I bet he had to look back and say, why didn't I do that the mm. whole time? You, you can almost feel the tension release. Yeah. You know, as you read through this Psalm, you, you, you have this, uh, this, this, this build of tension, this reference to his bones waxing old and, and, uh, the heaviness of, of his, of his guilt and his burden, his, um, moisture turning into the drought of summer. And then I acknowledge my sin and I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Just this release of tension. It, it is interesting to me, this idea of confession before God, um, and we see this over and over again. God, God actually encourages this conversation. He encourages honesty in the conversation. David, a man after his own heart, the Psalms are full of these. As he's, David asks hard questions of God. Why are you doing this? Why have you allowed this in my life? It's not that God wants us to hide our emotions behind our sin. He, we can confess. Yeah. We can confess. The, the, the root of our sin, a, a lack of trust of God, you know, our, a lack of um, faith in the fact that God's willing to, to act in our, God, God, God's big enough to handle. We don't have to protect God from our emotions. God says, you know, bring them to me. Show, show me who you are. I know who you are. Part of that confession is, I think, the act of humility. It's like you said, submitting ourselves to God. As we confess these realities to God, God gets to come back just like he did in Job, in the book of Job, where Job lists out his complaints against God. And then God reminds Job of who he is. And that's the end yeah. result of that conversation. Um, with I mean, God. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so much of confession, maybe all of it, I have to think that went through, but so much of confession is to our benefit. Absolutely. It's like God doesn't need us to confess. He's not hurting because we didn't confess our sin. We need to confess our sin. We need to be honest. And he is there ready and available to do what we need to have done in our lives Otherwise, we're, we're here right along with David again. Yeah. My bones are waxing old. My life is shriveling up. I'm in despair. Why? Because I won't open my stinking mouth about my sin. I won't lower my pride, humble myself to my need and my desperation, really, at this point. Mm. Somehow I'm going to put on that face and make me look, I think, at least a little better than I really am. And how futile that is and, and how many times mm. I've, I've been right in that situation myself. Isn't it sad that we spend most of our Christian walk or a lot of our Christian walk within that within that description that David lists in verses three to three to four, we just shriveled up with no energy, no, no, no ability to, to serve or, and yet we're trying to struggle along in our Christian walk. And it's, it's hampered by the fact that we're hiding our sin. And I don't know, sometimes we hide our sin out of the fact that we're not willing to let go of our sin. Sometimes we hide it, I think out of a genuine, even within the context of church, uh, out of a, a need to protect others from the reality of my sin. But the truth is, um, the, the act of being open and honest and transparent with others and with God actually builds the credibility of our faith because 
It builds the mm-hmm. it builds the the testimony of our God. It, it points to the graciousness and the goodness and the mercy of our God, and it it reveals to others the truth of, look, this Christian walk is a battle that we're walking through, and when you stumble, I can be a brother in this because I've struggled with it as well. And so I think, Amen. Uh, it's a beautiful picture of God's goodness, um, and His design for for Christian living. It's a design for a relationship both with Him, an open and honest relationship with Him. And an open and honest relationship with those he brings into fellowship with us as we walk the Christian life together. Uh, our hope is that as we've uh, spent these, these moments talking about honesty and transparency, uh, that you've been challenged. Um, maybe in areas where you've closed off to God, whether it's hiding sin uh, because you are, are still active in that sin or, or hiding sin um, because of the shame and guilt that you feel. Know that God is there. He's eager for relationship. He offers grace. He extends grace. And uh, we have this call to confession. And at the same time, in in our churches, uh, Mm -hmm. and I I hope you're part of a good local gospel preaching, Bible-believing church, be the type of person that people know they can be Mm -hmm. honest around. And so you're going to have to kind of drop some guards there. You're probably going to have to start with yourself being honest around other people and then being willing to hear where they're at and creating an atmosphere that they know they will be loved and accepted, not, not their sin accepted. I think we all understand that, that that's not really the case, but that they will be accepted and helped. And uh, over time, if enough people get together in the church and do this, we can bring this whole thing back, I believe, to, for the most part, where God wants it to be. And it can be an honoring church to him, a church that is honest a church that is strong, not because we put on a good church face, but because we're honest about who we are and our need for him and each other. So thank you for joining us on this Monday afternoon. We pray that God gives you a, a blessed week ahead, an opportunity Amen. to to uh, share his goodness and grace with those you come in contact with. If we can be of service to you, if we can, if we can be a, a place of connection point for you, we'd love to do that. You can find contact information for us on our website eastsidethomasville.org or you can call the church 226 let's start with the area code 229-226-0358 and touch base with other pastor sean or myself we'd love to to talk with you to be a point of uh, a place of, of connection for you here in our faith community have a blessed week we'll look forward to seeing you again soon god bless amen see you monday